Today, um, our worship is based on a story that probably lots of you have heard before. It's called the story of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. How many of you have heard that story before? Has anyone heard that story before? How many of you have heard that story before? Good. Lots of people have heard that story. We like that because I don't want to have to tell the whole story again because it's kind of a long story. But I think, well, you're going to tell part of it. Today we're going to look at that story in a, in, a new, in a new way, hopefully a way that we haven't looked at that story before. But I think just in case there's someone here who doesn't know that story, I want to go over the highlights. So what are, what are the highlights of that story? What, what happened in that story? Who can tell me one thing that happened in that story? Goldilocks sneaks into a house and starts tasting food. Yeah, it's a house that belongs to the bear family. And she sees uh, porridge on the table, hot cereal. And one of them was too hot. And one of them was too cold, but one of them was just right. And what'd she do? She ate the whole thing, right? And then she started sitting on chairs, right? And the chairs were too hard and too soft. And one was just right. And what happened? She broke the chair. She broke the, the chair that was just right. And then what'd she do? Who can tell me what she did next? She went upstairs and did what? She went to sleep, tried, tried out sleeping in the beds, but did she, did, you go, did she go to sleep in the very first bed that she came to? No, no, she had to try out all the beds in the house before she found one that was what? Just right. Right, so, so then what happened? Who remembers what happened next? The bear family came home and found Goldilocks sleeping in baby bear's bed and surprised her and in the story that I heard, she runs away, but we're going to tell a slightly different version of that today. Okay? You heard a different story? So the bears invited her back? That's good. I like that version. The bears invited, invited her to come back anytime. Well, maybe that's the, the version we're going to go with. But today, we are going to hear messages from some of the people when the bears in that story, too. And our first message comes from Goldilocks. This message comes from Goldilocks. <laughs> I know I shouldn't have gone into that house. I shouldn't have been all by myself. I shouldn't have eaten that porridge or gone to sleep in that bed. It wasn't my house, I know. I've heard the lecture like a million times from my mom already. I don't need to hear it again, okay? I want you to think about the situation I was in that day. My family was on a picnic in the park, and right before lunch, I saw some beautiful yellow flowers at the edge of the woods. I decided to pick them for my mom and went into the forest to find more. Pretty soon, I had no idea where I was. All the trees looked exactly the same. I was lost. Can you imagine how scary it is to be lost in the woods all by yourself? I didn't know where to go. I didn't know if anyone could hear me yell for help. I was hungry and tired and all alone. And then I saw that house. I thought maybe the people in there could help me, so I knocked on the door. I rang the doorbell. I waited. I looked in the window and I saw that no one was home. I was so, so hungry that when I saw the bowls of porridge on the table, I just went in. I know I shouldn't have and I'm sorry. I've already written a note apologizing to the Bear family. They were very nice about it. I'm very thankful that the Bear family were such nice bears. They helped me find my way back to the field and my parents, who were very worried of course, asked them to stay for the picnic. The bears have invited us over for dinner next week. I think we're having salmon. <laughs> Today, I want you to think about those times in your life when you've been all alone and scared. 
You might not have been lost in the woods, but I know there's been some time that you've been afraid and didn't know what to do. How do you stop being afraid? When I was lost in the woods, I kept thinking about all the people I love a lot. My mom and dad, my brother, my friends, and the people in the Unitarian Universalist Fellowship of the Land of Make-Believe. <laughs> it made me feel good that there were so many people who care about me. That helped me not be scared. I'm never going to get lost in the woods again, and I'm never going to go into an empty house again. But I'm sure that some time in my life I'll be scared, and I'll have more and more people and a few bears to help me find my way home. Thank you, Goldilocks. Hello, my name <clears throat> is Peter J. Bear, also known as Papa Bear. I have to say that my porridge was too hot for that little girl. It would have been really upset. I would have been really upset if all of my porridge had, had been gone when we got home. And a hungry bear is not a friendly bear. After eating up all my porridge, I was in a much better mood to be surprised by the fact that Goldilocks was still in my house. Turns out she was just a scared, lost kid, and her parents were really worried about her. When I saw that all of his breakfast was gone, I thought that Baby Bear was going to be really upset, but Baby Bear said that he was not really looking forward to porridge anyway, so he made himself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for breakfast. And he liked it a lot. I think that Baby Bear had the right idea. If there's no porridge, just have a sandwich. There's no use crying over stolen cereal. Some people say that you don't know what you've got till it's gone. That may be true. It's also true, though, that a lot of us know all of the things we don't have yet. We have a long list of things that we don't have, but that we want. We see an empty porridge bowl and think that we have no porridge instead of knowing that we have a pantry full of peanut butter that's just as good. Yep, Baby Bear had the right idea. We're not a rich family. There's not much work out there for bears after all, but we have a lot of things in our life. We have more than enough porridge and peanut butter and berries and salmon to eat. We even had a nice little house in the woods with three comfortable beds and, well, two comfortable chairs left. We've got a lot, and we're thankful for all of it. I do not like other people sleeping in my bed. I do not like it at all. And you can imagine how pleased I was to have to change three sets of sheets after that little girl got into all our beds with her shoes on. I mean, really, who taught her her manners? But I digress. When we came home that day, we were a little disturbed to find that our house had been broken into and our things disturbed. But when Goldilocks woke up, we got to know her a little bit. She was scared and lost and all alone, and she didn't know what else to do. We felt really bad for her. You might think that an angry mama bear would just eat a little girl who was in her house. I have to admit, that was my first instinct. I have to protect my baby bear, after all. But she was just a little girl, 
and she was crying, so I didn't eat her. I didn't even bite her a little, I promise. Instead, I put on a kettle of chamomile tea and calmed the little girl down. We asked her to tell us her story. We listened to her. I offered her some special berries that we had saved for when company was over. I think she was surprised to learn that bears were actually so nice. I guess the ones that don't live in the land of make-believe aren't as reasonable as we are. When we learned that she was lost in trying to find her family, we guided her out of the woods and back to her family. They were so happy that they invited us to stay for lunch. We actually became friends. I have to say, I never expected people to be so nice. You hear so many stories about the awful things they do. Violence and discrimination and intolerance and getting to, into bed with dirty shoes on. You'd never find bears doing those kinds of things. I guess sometimes you have to think for yourself instead of relying on the stories you've heard. Sometimes you have to get to know people in order to find out why they do the things they do. And sometimes you have to overcome your instincts to eat them. <laughs> it's worth it. Chances are you have heard the story of Goldilocks and the three bears just a few times before today. But have you ever stopped to really think about what was going on? I mean, my first instinct when I heard the story was to, to judge Goldilocks. I mean, who breaks into somebody else's house and eats their cereal after all? But what, when you stop to think about what we might be able to learn about the story, it goes a little deeper than that. Some of the things we've learned already from Goldilocks and Mama Bear and Papa Bear are that we shouldn't judge people based on our first impressions about them. We learn that we should take the time to get to know them a little bit. It's what we do in community. We've learned that having people around you who care about you helps to conquer the fear in our lives. That thinking about those who love us and who care about us helps us overcome those difficult times that we all come in contact with. We've learned that abundance is all around us, even when we don't recognize it. That even if the porridge bowl is empty, there is probably still enough around us. We've learned that relationship is important, especially when it's the hard thing to do. All this, and yet we still have the reflection of baby bear to consider. Baby Bear would teach us that what is just right has been in front of us all along if we only care to look at it. In our, in our society, we're always taught, we're constantly taught to see what's wrong in our lives, to see the things that are too hard and too soft, to see the things that are too hot and too cold, we're never taught to be satisfied with the things that are already here, that are just right. And so today, I'd like us to think for a few minutes about what it means to embrace the just right 
in our lives. Instead of thinking about the what can be, or the what should be, or the what would be so much better than this. What would it mean to find something just right? To come down in that place that's just right. To live a life of just right. I believe there's a theological statement there. A theological statement that asks us to recognize that good enough surrounds us. There is an abundance of the good enough in our lives. Perfection, however, does not exist anywhere. And if we spend our lives thinking that what is good enough is too hot or too cold, that what is good enough is too hard or too soft, and seeking perfection, we will spend our lives in a fruitless search for it because it doesn't exist. Rebecca Parker and Rita Nakashima Brock, who are theologians on the West Coast, teach us that we live in a paradise already. Many religions have, have people waiting for a paradise that is yet to come, a, a mythical land of make-believe that maybe we will get to after we are no longer in this world. Many religions teach us that, that the only place that is just right is one that we can't get to while we're still alive. I believe those religions sell this world short. Sure, sure, there's a need to make this world a better place. There are things that we can and should improve about this world that we live in. But paradise, the world of just right, exists if we only care to uncover it, if we only care to do the work of seeing that it is already right in front of us. There is a need to keep this paradise, to preserve what is just right for the future generations, to improve on the things that we don't get right from day to day. But we shouldn't only know what we've got when it's gone. We shouldn't wait till paradise has been paved over and a parking lot put up in its place, because just right is all around us. Baby Bear would have you know that he lives a life of just right. He came home and saw that empty bowl of porridge and thought, great, I get to eat peanut butter for breakfast. Baby, Baby Bear lives a life of just right. Our Buddhist sisters and brothers teach us that craving that which we do not have is one of the root causes of suffering in our lives. So for those of you for whom that concept, craving what we do not have as a root cause of suffering is a complicated concept, it basically means that we should be satisfied with the things that are around us, that we should see the things that we have and be grateful for it. We should see the abundance in our lives and say, thank you, instead of, is that all? We should see the bowl of porridge in front of us and say, that's just right. That's just right. Our bed, our warm bed, the one that we get to sleep in every night, is just right. It is not too hard or too soft. The things that we have, the material goods that are around us, are not 
too few, they are just right. Today I ask that each of you think about what it means to live a life of just right. And that is our final lesson from this story that I think we've all heard a few times before. Blessed be.